Welcome to On the Internet with Jason, a podcast where we explore the latest headlines, news, and interesting topics we find on the internet. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for, uh, well, joining us this morning. Um, I was just telling the guys I got not one, but two coffees with me. Um, a lot of you might not know this, but we actually recorded an hour and a half session in a single shot, and then we split that up for in many different ways for your guys' enjoyment. But thank you for taking the time to come check this out. So I need two coffees to kind of get through this. Today, I have I have with me Mr. Jeff Tessier. Jeff, what's up? How you doing, buddy? Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Good. And then I have the Austin. Good morning. <laughs> Doesn't even flinch at it anymore. He's, he knows he's the Austin. <laughs> just, everyone, hey, other people got their Beyonce. We have the we have our Austin. Um, <laughs> how you guys doing? What's going on? It's been a while. Yeah, been I've been well. fighting a cold, but always uh, surviving otherwise. <laughs> you know what? I got to be honest with you guys. You know, this is like my favorite time of the year. I don't know when this is going to air, when it's going to go out there, but it doesn't really matter because we're 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 getting really close to the holidays. And, you know, uh, we're just set for Thanksgiving right now, but this is when like marketing, like just starts to explode and just everything out there. So I love watching everything that's going on and stuff like that. But, and I love this particular podcast because we get to cover anything that we like or see. So we, what do we got? We got news, we got articles and just frankly, whatever the hell we thought was entertaining. Headlines. <laughs> headlines. God, I love, yes, headlines. All right. They so what headline, what headline, Austin, do you have for us uh, first this morning? Yeah. So in the spirit of Black Friday, is, uh, <laughs> Amazon uh, released a statement that they're going to be, uh, I guess, Hyundai will be selling vehicles on Amazon starting in 2024. They aren't going to sell like directly to Amazon. It's going to sort of be uh, they're going to connect you with a dealership in your local area. But yeah, you they don't, be able they don't to... deliver it to my house and just like take a picture and then send it to me and let me know my cars. Are right. Right. OK. Making sure. Right. Just make... um, <laughs> yeah. So okay. no, 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 I don't get this like monster Amazon box like in my front yard. Right. Like this. Uh, this That doesn't happen. That would be that really would be cool. cool but... It would be bad. Wouldn't that be badass? Like, I actually think they should do that. I think I think the car should show up in a shipping container in the shape of an Amazon box, and it's just like the flap just. And then I want someone to take a picture, and then and then I get that ding, and letting me know that my car's arrived. That's <laughs> that's. I when I heard it, when I first heard this, like the first headline, I was like, <laughs> "This that would be fun." <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so yes, it's really more amount of connecting people to people, right? This is people helping people helping people, right? What's that from that movie? What's the, what are the wedding crashers? It's people yeah. helping people. That's right. What do you think this? What do you think this means for the future of the the, the auto industry? I guess. I, look, I think it's cool. You know, um, I didn't really. Th- you know, think too much of it, you know, um, you know, I almost kind of looked at is if we know what it felt like to me when I first read through the article was it felt to me like it's the Costco program, just different, 
Um, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize, but there's, you know, a Costco has had this automotive program for many, many years, you know, and through certain OEM partners, you can get additional discounts and deals if you're a Costco member. And this, this to me felt like just the Amazon version of that. So, you know, when I pay, what do I pay for prime? I don't know. What am I, what's my, what's, what's prime these days? Uh, is it really? I thought it was fifty nine ninety nine. Am I really paying over a hundred dollars? Well, you're American too, so it might be cheaper for you. Yeah, maybe different. <laughs> I States. think we're paying like eighty nine dollars here a year plus taxes or something like that. Ninety nine bucks. It's like a Costco membership, right? I mean, it's in the same wheelhouse, you know, of having kind of this membership. So it, it, I don't know. When I read through it, I was just like, oh, okay. So this is like the Amazon version of the Costco program, you know. Which, by the way, I think will be cool. You know, uh, which, you know, the Costco program, there's not a whole lot to it. You pretty much, you know, I don't even know most people even know that the Costco has a program. You know, uh, it's like when, you, you know, when you're done, you know, in buying your, you know, your your truck full of crap um, and you're on your way out. And, you know, the one guy that like, you know, pulls open the four foot long receipt and somehow goes, oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's all there. That looks good. <laughs> By the way, I can't. <laughs> Sorry, I know you. I'm going squirrel, but like, what the heck? You open up a four foot long receipt. You take about not even two and a half seconds. Go, yeah, you got that, and then hand it back to me. I'm like, really? That works? <laughs> that works? Like Amazon? Is it just for show? Like, what is that for? Yeah, but you know, <laughs> I mean, Amazon. Am like, I don't know. Um, you guys know this, but like, uh, uh, they have uh, some stores in. Um, uh, they're fully uh unmanned stores in and I, I've seen a I, what was it I last I was in an airport so I literally I go up I go up to it and it asks me for my oh I scan my Amazon account so like I scan my Amazon account I walk into the store I walk around I grab stuff and I literally walk out and then I get a ding right you got charged $16.97 like you know what I mean but Costco well they still got a guy that's gonna check your four foot long receipt anyways <laughs> It's, it, the Costco program is a uh, six foot standing banner that's about two feet wide and six feet high. And it just kind of stands there. Nobody actually ever notices it. So I actually do think, but it does work. Here's the funniest thing I thought. The Costco program does work. Um, it's worked very well for Ford. I know it's worked very well for Chevy. Um, I just recently saw Volvo and Polestar actually getting involved into the Costco program. Um, you know, and, and it's funny how, and the reason guys I'm saying this is because how horribly marketed it is and how it, it does quite well. Now, the reason I say that is because I think Amazon is not going to have a six foot standing banner on your way, you know, checking out where the person takes your four foot long receipt and just says, yes, you have it right They're They're going to be way more smarter about this. And, um, I think they're going to do really well with it. I actually think they'll do really well with it. Now, combine that with just how sexy Hyundai products are getting. Um, I don't know, Austin, while we're talking real quick, can you pull me up a picture of the 2025 Hyundai Santa Fe? Um, but just like, and and then also maybe, I don't know if they have it, but the, the um, what's the Ionic 5? That's their EV. Yeah. So, so they made this so the ionic five is i think one of the ugliest evs out there to be totally frank with you right <laughs> but um they went and made a an n version which is a performance version and it comes out next year and i think it has almost 700 horsepower in this absolutely ugly looking car 
Um, so like I think Hyundai, I love Hyundai. I, I think Hyundai, I just giggle. You know what I mean? But uh the new Santa Fe. Wow. Look at this thing. Like badass. And and I think that's more of just rendition. Click on the white one or the uh, top left corner there. That one right there. I think that's the one. The, the, the 2024. Yeah. This, this one's definitely yeah. real. There you go. There you go. That's the... Jeff. That's a Hyundai. It's nice. <laughs> right? Like That looks like a Range Rover. In fact, actually, the front end looks better than a Range Rover. <laughs> um, anyways, probably going to get some comments for that one. Um, so going back to this program, Amazon... All right. Uh, since Costco fumbled their way and was quite good in their program, I think Amazon is going to crush it with their with their program. And yeah, I I don't see anything wrong with it. You know, um, I I can see why Amazon went with Hyundai first. You know, um, Hyundai I think you know as a company has probably made one of the larger commitments to digital retailing then I would say maybe some of the other OEMs. I'm not saying other OEMs haven't made commitments to digital retailing because they have, but Hyundai was really, really fast. And uh, they really, really invested and enforced it at the dealership level that every dealership embraces this digital retail mentality, not in the sense of it just being a tool, but an actual process that needs to be executed at the dealership. You know, um, hey, Shane, Shane, what's going on, man? Uh, I would hold on. Let me throw this up here. Uh, I gotta throw this up here. Here we go. I what does it say? I can't read because my would worry if Amazon buys Carvana. Oh, <laughs> then they actually become the distribution. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? The funny thing is, if you look at what Carvana is missing, or what the, not what they're missing, but what they've struggled with, it is is in that vehicle distribution. Um, being able to distribute those vehicles across the country has always been a, a, a difficult thing. Like then, then other issues with paperwork and legalities of what and digital signatures and blah 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 all this other stuff they've they've dealt with over the years. But I mean, if anybody is going to kind of say like, "Here, hold my beer," um, and, and watch me do it, yeah, it would be Amazon. So I'm with you, man. If uh, I, I would be worried too if um, if Amazon bought up Carvana. Um, you know, the funny thing is that would actually fit within their margins as well. <laughs> Amazon, you know, but would, would, would Amazon do that? Or would Amazon kind of maintain what they maintain right now of having this seller mentality? I think Amazon would. I think Amazon would kind of maintain this individual seller mentality. So I could see an Amazon dealer program where as a dealer, just, you know, just like right now, like I can be an Amazon seller. I can go and create my Amazon store and become a seller and sell whatever I want to sell, right? Um I think dealers will have an option. And if, and if I was Amazon, that's probably the model I would go with, you know, because, you know, can I get 30,000 dealerships to give me, you know, a few thousand dollars a month, you know, to be a part of this program and then upsell additional marketing and stuff. I, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Right. I think um, Amazon would literally do whatever's best for the customer. Like, I think that's always the goal is to to do whatever's best for the customer in the quickest and most efficient way. And like, haven't they taken like sort of the carrier career logistics in house in some degrees where they've bought their own fleet of cars and bought their own uh, sort of. Oh, yeah. They bought their own fleet of cars. delivery vehicles. But so, their own fleet of EV vehicles. If you, for me, where I live, uh, it's for it's, it's all the EV trucks. 
Like they're all electric um, delivery trucks, these big electric delivery trucks with these really funny looking eyeballs for headlights. <laughs> That's really cool. <coughs> Excuse me. But you know what's funny though? I did actually see them during the winter and I think it was because they were having infrastructure issues. I was at the mall really early one time and there was like 30 of them out there and they're all plugged into this like big like shipping container looking thing and i'm like what the hell is that so i drive a little closer it was a monster generator oh wow they had this monster generator sitting in the middle of this of the parking lot of this mall and they had like 40 of these trucks hooked to it and i'm like <laughs> i don't know if that wait a second uh, the smoking, um, <laughs> anyways, um, no, like I, I'm excited. I'm excited. You know what? When I see people that I think, and to your point, Austin, actually, your point's really, really good here. And I think anybody out there watching, listening, should kind of take note of of what kind of Austin brought up there was is that if you were to think of any company out there that you would call, uh, would, would you would you would describe? Sorry, you would describe as being very customer centric. Amazon would definitely be one of the ones uh, that I would consider. I mean, I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually having an issue right now with the purchase I made from Amazon, and I'm in this chat with the seller and Amazon, and Amazon's kind of facilitating this amazing conversation between me and the seller, and you know, it's kind of like there's this kind of, you know, the seller's like, well, you know, I'm not going to piss off Amazon, so what do you want? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so. Yeah, they got a pretty strict set of rules you got to follow if you want to be a seller, right? So. They do. Well, and Costco has that same thing too, right? If you're going to yeah. sell, you know, if you're going to be Samsung, you're going to sell a TV there. If you're going to sell something there, like they have a very, like, you know, the reason I love buying TVs at Costco, I, oh, by the way, I only buy my TVs at Costco. Why? Because they all come with two-year warranties. You don't pay extra for it. They all come with two-year warranties, right? And that, but that was a part of the requirement all right, that if the manufacturer is going to sell at a Costco, this is what you have to provide. Anyways, um, anything else on the Amazon thing? I mean, yes, very customer centric. If anybody's going to do it really well, it's going to be them. And, you know, uh, I guess why if I was a dealer, should I worry about this? Uh, maybe if I'm a dealer that, you know, cares maybe more about myself than my customers. Yes, I should be worried about it. Um, you know, but if I'm already a dealer operating and all of my processes, my people, my technology, and my marketing efforts are customer centric, and my culture is customer centric. That I actually think, hey, embrace Amazon with open arms. You know. Yeah. What else? What other headlines kind of popped up this week, Austin? Um. So this is a Bloomberg article, and. They're saying among new car buyers, those carrying negative equity on their trade-ins were underwater by an average of almost $6,000. Oh, man. Fuck. Knew this was coming. We all knew it was coming, right? Like, we all knew this was coming. Um, well, it's only going to get worse. <laughs> Jeff, you've dealt with this for a long time, too, man. What do you think? Like, Well, I mean, if you remember... Uh, during the peak time of the uh, inventory shortage, there were dealers charging premiums, in-stock premiums, right? Rates then cl quickly climbed up to five, six, seven, eight percent. So if you've got a you know five, ten thousand dollar in-stock premium plus you're financing that at six, seven percent, yeah, 
that customer, when he comes back in two years, three years, he's going to be looking to buy a car and it's going to be utterly scary. 6,000 seems awfully light to me because I remember when I was. Well, 6,000, dude, is just the beginning part. Yeah, it seems like because when we were selling cars, we had quite a few customers that were, it was average five, six to me, I thought. But well, you know what? We can deal. You're right, though. I mean, like, like, like we, we can deal with. You can add another 20 to 30% of the car. But then you're croaching on what, though? You're snowballing, you're extending another year, like eight years, and what now? What's next, nine years? And we talked, I think, the last time about these balloon payments. I don't know. This is getting scary. <laughs> it's it's getting scary. And I think what what we're seeing is we're seeing the, the tip of the iceberg. You know what I mean? Like when you think of an iceberg, you know, when you see it sitting in the water, you know, really what you're seeing is only about 20% of it or not even 10% of its mass. The entire rest of it's sitting underneath it. And that is literally what is happening here, guys. And it's going to happen over the next 24 months, like it or not. Some markets are going to be more affected than others. Um, some brands are going to get more affected than others. Some dealerships will be more affected than others. I think it does kind of based on how you operated through that COVID. Remember COVID, that 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 kind of that that rock, you know, drop the rock into the water, that ripple effect. And now we're this is we're getting to the point where this is one of the ripples that we knew was going to happen. When we were selling cars seven, eight, 10, 15, 20000 dollars over MSRP, we can't do that without someday dealing with that shit. Like, you know, you gotta pay like, the piper at some point, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, hey, you know, if you're one of those dealerships and you're doing it and you're one of those salespeople and you made a ton of money, congrats, but you screwed your client. I don't care what you said. Oh, but, you know, market demand, it's supply and demand. I don't give a shit if it's supply and demand. It still doesn't change the fact that we now have to deal with this. You know what I mean? Like, just because, you know, you felt like, well, supply and demand says I can do this, so I should do this. And, and you wanted to use that as an excuse or you wanted to use any other excuse, all right, to do stupid stuff like that. Here it is, all right? We're seeing just the tip of this iceberg, and it's going to continue to grow from there. Um, you know, you're selling the, it. Yeah, I, yeah. It, look, I'm trying to not get too 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 negative about this um but like i said and, and it's going to vary see here's the kicker it's going to vary very differently it's going to vary between manufacturers it's going to be it's going to vary depending on like regions across the country all right it's going to also very depend also on the dealership itself like it's it, it, this is going to impact everybody in a very very different way but here's the bottom line if you're watching and listening to this and you pride yourself on being a proactive dealer and proactive in your operations and your process and your technology then you know you need to be having a conversation like you know be the bloody boy scout be prepared i think that was the motto yeah i remember <laughs> hey we got a cool uh comment from sean cross what does sean say austin uh, it would have been way worse prior to COVID sales. Uh, then the market exploded on use, getting a, a lot of those negative equity customers out of their loans. Then after 2020, the market shifted. Mm. Let's talk about Ford changing their EV pricing structure. Again, coming with it from the 6th of say, Hey, no, I know we can, uh, we can talk about Farley as much as you want. <laughs> you know, that's funny. We don't talk too much about Farley on this podcast. That's probably because when I do, um, Jim Ziegler's podcast, we talk a lot about Farley. <laughs> so it's probably, I'm usually Farley'd out. <laughs> um, um, but I, you know what? You will, we could talk about EVs 
in a sense as well, announcing, you know, they're, you know, lowering their qualifications, you know, to their top tier EV dealers and stuff like that. And, um, I look, I think that particular one, Sean, the one you just brought up is just like, a, Oh shit, did I really do that? And kind of having to go back and fix it. Um, I'm not too worried about it though. Um, you know, it's funny. I've, you know, we talked about, I think not this podcast, but maybe a couple other podcasts ago where we actually saw some headlines where people were saying, you know, EV sales, you know, or confidence, it was EV confidence and consumers were changing. And, uh, but then it's funny, you know, you, you look at other market trends, like I was at a conference recently with Polk Automotive, you know, and they were reporting, you know, just dramatic increase in EV sales. In fact, you know, they were reporting EVs and ICE vehicles almost to be at par by 2030, you know, so I, and uh, yeah, I'm not going to speculate too much uh, because I do want to go back. I lost my train of thought. I went down a rabbit hole. Thank you, Sean, for the rabbit hole. I always appreciate a good rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> where yeah, we I mean, there was that period of time with the used cars where you, you know, you were able to offer a customer more for their vehicle, right? Well, that but, again, that maybe it was an excuse. Maybe offering them you know, overcharging. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm paying I'm paying three four thousand dollars more than I normally do for their trade in. So me charging ten thousand dollars MSRP, it's it's a wash. It's okay. It's it, it's not. <laughs> it doesn't change the yeah. fact. All right, that they're going to come back with this major. So going back to uh, to that negative equity. Um, Proactiveness. We just we need to be prepared. We need to have the conversation. Right now, you're seeing the tip of the iceberg. That iceberg is going to show its ugly face more and more and more over the next 12 and 24 months. Is your dealership prepared for it? You know, are you guys prepared to deal with more non-prime business? All right. Um, are you guys prepared? And do you guys have a plan to deal with much bigger negative equity situations? You know, what does that look like? Anyways, I digress. Go ahead. What else we got for headlines? Um, this is sort of along the same lines, but, um, talking about that EV conversation, uh, the prices of an average Tesla model three has decreased by more than $9,000 since 2021. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that could be hitting on the same thing. You're just talking about how they were overly inflated. Now they're sort of readjusting. Hey, look, everybody took it. Like, OEMs took advantage. Dealers took advantage of it. I was, you know, very adamant that it was a stupid idea. Um, you know, I've, I like to play for the long run, you know, um, but hey, it, it is what it is. It happened, right? Bottom line is we have to, we have to, we have to deal with it. Now, uh, Tesla is a little different because, and you can look up the stat for me, um, but I believe o almost 90% of Teslas are leased, if not maybe over 90% of less of Teslas are, are leased. So them having a higher price um you know the only offset is going to be it's going to be quite smaller in the sense of just what's the difference in the market value and the and what the vehicle sits at that point in time when the vehicle comes back but they all they but they take them back anyways because doesn't he plan to turn them into automated robots that are going to control the world anyways like i i i think i i mean you, that's why you don't typically see a whole hell of a lot of them you know being you know, sold on aftermarket stuff, right? Is, you know, they're almost all leased. So anyways, um, so EVs, what was this specifically? What was the headline here specifically about EVs? Price oh, drop. Pricing, the price drop, right? Pricing. Well, you know, I look, um, next year, if I remember correctly, um, and Austin, I think we talked about this before, is it 24 or 25 new EV vehicles are being released next year? 
or the next two years. Are they? Um, I think that's how many sure new do. new EV models are being released over the next year. I believe it was something along that line. So you can fact fact check that for me. Um, it makes sense. Look, EVs are now competitive. You know, so uh, we're going to have to change some pricing. So I think there's the, them having to change their price and lower their prices. I think two parts. One, because it was just a ripple effect from COVID. Two, all right, it's we just need to be more competitive now. There's more competition, you know, and 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 I'm gonna be honest with you, there's better looking EVs out there than the Tesla and with much higher quality, you know, builds and stuff like that. I was in a what was it? What's the Volkswagen of uh, the ID four? I was in recently in an ID four. Well I would take that over a Tesla any day of the week. The fit and finish in that thing was amazing. Um I also find the same thing with the Kia, the EV6. Um, and speaking of Kia, they got a new model coming out, the EV9, which is going to be their SUV. Um, so like, there's a lot of new models, a lot of new models coming out. And, you know, um, Tesla, uh, they're going to be interesting, you know, uh, with better looking, better build quality EVs coming. Where does Tesla sit? What do they do? You know, I mean, like the Model 3, the way it looks right now, I don't think it's fundamentally changed in how many years? What would you say, Jeff? Five or six, I think. I mean, no, I think more, but yeah, more? I mean, you're right. I mean, I would, I would at least say five or six. Yeah, I mean, the Model the Model 3 just fundamentally hasn't changed, right? More than 50 EVs expected 50. to join in 2024. Yeah, that's a lot. You're going to see a huge pop over the next couple of years, right? Between models coming out and companies as well, right? Various manufacturers. So it's going to create a more competitive market where they're going to have to review that pricing structure that they've got. So what is the starting price of a Tesla 3 then? Uh, yeah, what is it now? Awesome. Because weren't they like 50 something before? And after this, I do. Uh, Sean brought up a couple. Uh, thanks, by the way, for participating today, Sean. Thirty-eight thousand nine hundred ninety. Wow. Down from forty thousand. Well, look here. Here's here's the interesting thing. As more vehicles get in there, more pricing becomes more competitive. Um, you know, this kind of segues into you know what Sean was saying here in the comment boxes you know, around Ford, you know, not allowing dealerships to, you know, market, you know, below MSRP I, I here like this next week or something like that. I think it is, um, you know, so in, in all pricing is going to go directly through Ford. And then really the dealership is just going to be the facilitator. I mean, it sounds to me, it's like, I, I honestly don't think that process is going to last long to be totally frank. You know, I, I don't, if it will. Um, I think Ford will find out real quick that, you know, they think it's an easy process to facilitate and it's not an easy process to facilitate, you know, but um, yeah, we're going to see, we're going to, you know, here, here, here are manufacturers entering into the EV market and, you know, they thought they're going to be able to enter into the EV market at this price point. Now, all of a sudden, shit got competitive. All right. Tesla's dropping their prices. These guys are coming out with less expensive ones. So, you know, you think people like, I mean, well, 
for example, I think when the Ford Lightning came out, what was uh, a Platinum? I think it was what, $90,000 or over, uh, that's around $90,000 US and I think over $110,000 Canadian or something like that. I mean, like, that's, guys, it's, a, mean, it's an F-150. <laughs> it's an F-150, right? You know, and so so I think what they're realizing is that they thought, they thought they can maintain a certain margin, all right, on these EVs, but now to be competitive, if, I mean, Austin, you just said it, 50, 50, not I many guys, brand new models. So 50 vehicles that we didn't even have as an option. Now, I'm sure some of those are probably weird and they're not going to be mainstream and so on and so forth, you know, um, but like 50 brand new models getting brought into the space, that's going to make shit competitive. Um, so yeah, Ford's trying to do something about it. Um, I'm sitting back enjoying every moment of me watching it because I, you know, I, Jim Ziegler hates me saying this, but I am a, I am a EV lover. I like my EVs. They go fast. Um, <laughs> you know, like, by the way, uh, that Hyundai, that Hyundai, um, Ionic five, uh, N model with like the 700 horsepower or something like that I was talking about is supposed to retail for $70,000. Wow. Hey, hey, Jeff, you want to buy a $70,000 Hyundai? I'll take three. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Oh. <laughs> okay, what do we got? I look, I got, um, Oh, Sean jumped in. He says it's still ninety-eight thousand dollars. Actually, the lightning, the lightning, still ninety-eight grand. Amazon, <laughs> like, <laughs> look, it's okay, it's okay. I think it's manufacturers figuring this crap out. Um, sorry, you pull up. Uh, you got this pulled up. I want to see what. What are some of the? You were looking at some of the new EVs coming out this next year, Austin. Any of them catch your eye? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of really unique ones for sure. Oh, the Volkswagen bus. I want it. Sign me up. <laughs> Alfa Romeo. Wow. Apparently Apple's got a Titan yes. EV. Audi six. Oh, what's your, is that the Audi e-tron? I do like an e-tron. Yeah. It did. I, yeah. I actually That's gonna be insane. E-tron. Bentley. BMW. Oh, I read an article where they ripped up that Bentley. Half a million dollars and like it has the same range as like a Nissan Leaf. I was gonna say I was well out of my price range. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this one. That's cool. Can you? That looks like one I would own. <laughs> like... Goodness gracious. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, look, I know we're going over our time. Uh, we have gone over this time, uh, but this has been such a great topic. So um, I imagine we'll continue to always talk about EVs. Um, Austin, these are some great headlines. There are some good headlines. If you're out there watching, though, uh, look at these headlines. If you kind of look at the few that we've taken a look at, a lot of them had to do with just being proactive, especially when it comes, uh, especially with the headline around negative equity. If you guys don't have a strategy right now uh, from a fixed operation side, a variable side, a finance side of how you're going to handle this. And, and look, it's just a matter of asking yourself the question, what does it look like when... 10, 20, 30, 40% of our customers start showing up with negative equity in, you know, 8,000, 10,000, 12,000. Unresolvable. <laughs> we saw the banks already get super tight and nervous and some actually bounced out of the automotive space. 
you know, this is not going to help them, their confidence with automotive financing, these big negative equities. Uh, so get ready. And when it comes to EVs, get ready, figure out how you're going to be competitive. Um, 50 new models coming next year. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching this. Uh, William, Sean, uh, everybody that's dropping comments in down below. If I missed you, I apologize if I missed you. Um, really appreciate you guys' uh, involvement today. Thank you. And we're going to jump to our next show. So stick around. It's coming up right after this. Thanks for tuning in to On the Internet with Jason. To stay up to date with all our content, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.